Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Powered by Riverside. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of our podcast. I'm Lucas Uriah here. It is the month of August and Uriah. We still have the law of the offseason for the NBA. And of course, that does not mean that we don't have news regarding the Sixers, though. Yeah, there's a, a lot of news involving the Sixers, but a lot of off-the-court stuff and a, a little bit of on-the-court stuff. And uh just want to say it, it's been a week since we podcast. Uh, I missed you, man. How, how's everything going? It's been going pretty good, man. Just getting adjusted to this new job, just trying to figure out everything. Still feel like I'm I'm kind of like lost, but I'm going to figure it out. Don't worry about me. I'll be fine. I'm doing good. You're a smart guy, Lucas, and you will definitely figure out your way. In the meantime, let's get to the podcast. Listen, there's a lot of footage out there of James Harden playing pickup games, James Harden doing this, James Harden doing that. Why not insert a concert, a Travis Scott concert, where James Harden was filmed? Yes, he was filmed partying it up. I think he was on the floor level, not like front row seats, but him and Kevin Durant attended a Travis Scott concert and they were partying it up. So with that being said, I think it's kind of surprising considering how things ended in Brooklyn. But what did you make of those two partying together? I think they were in London, if I'm not mistaken. There are two different videos. One is them during the concert. Uh, Durant walks up to where Harden is, and they start both just start rocking out to the music call for that. And then the second video is at concert. Travis Scott is like beyond hyped in the you know in the hallways and everything, and Harden's like 
I think he sprayed champagne on him and Kevin Durant was, or maybe it's the other way around. <laughs> he it doesn't matter. champagne on him? <laughs> Somebody sprayed champagne on Travis Scott. I can't remember if it was Harden or Durant, but they were both hyping him up. The, the things that I take away from this is that, and I wrote about it today, actually, I, I believe they've har- buried the hatchet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, I, they're both grown men. They're in their mid-30s, early to mid-30s. Like they don't, it's clear that they have a level of maturity that I think they can get past this. And I think, look, the whole entire Kyrie thing, maybe Kevin's starting to realize, and maybe that's why he asked out of Brooklyn is because of Kyrie. I don't know. Mm. Um, point being here is that they've, bar- it looks like they buried the hatchet. They can, uh, it, you know, basketball or not, they looks like they can be friends, which is interesting considering you know, the jab that in the post trade comments that Durant made and the fact that he didn't, he purposely didn't select Harden for the all-star game. (laughs) um, It just made it clear that, you know, there was her animosity at the time, but I think after during the off season, a lot's happened with Durant. I think there's some clarity that's happened since then. And and it's clear that those two, I, I think they, I think they've buried the hatchet, which Uriah, that's the case. Think about this in terms of helping to become a you know contending for a championship. Aren't the Sixers one of the best teams poised to do that? I don't think the Sixers are on his list. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you know, if Harden does a little bit of you know recruiting, you know, <laughs> look, the Sixers don't have the draft picks. That's it's that's clear. But apparently, nobody else has the draft picks. You know, I mean, I mean they do, but like. Draft picks are are like a non like Utah destroyed any idea of like using draft picks responsibly in a trade, right? So now you look at the the draft, you know, the player assets, Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey for J- Kevin Durant. That's that's a pretty good haul. That's a really good haul. Like obviously the Nets are not going to be contenders with those two, but they're they're They could still be in the playoffs Yeah, with those two. Before I get All into right. any basketball stuff, I, I just want to stick to the, the idea of Travis Scott. I could be on an elevator standing next to Travis Scott while his song is playing above head in the elevator. And I have no clue it was him. I've, I don't know any Travis Scott music. I do want to he, see he, the, he's a, he's a rap artist, right? Yeah, like, he's I, a hip hop artist. Okay, he's a okay, okay, artist. Okay. And I think he has a child or two with one of the Jenners. Who... I think it's actually Ben's ex. No, no, she doesn't have a kid. Ben Ben's ex doesn't have. I always get him, Kendall and Kylie. Uh, but in terms of the relationship of those two, essentially, if you think about it, they started their career together in OKC. I think mm-hmm. there's a, a strong bond there. I, I would of be course. surprised if. Kyrie was in the mix at this concert. That would really shock me. I think there's some bad blood between Kyrie and and Harden. Of but, course, yeah. But it was fun to see them rocking out, you know, seeing these superstar athletes at a concert and, and just enjoying themselves. And, and, you know, they deserve to. They put so much into their time and on the court, their bodies, and, and to the team. So they let their hair down. Basketball-wise, could the Sixers pull off a trade? Nothing's impossible when Daryl Morey's involved, but I doubt that it could happen. And I really don't want to get rid of Maxi. I really I don't either. I, but like, <laughs> I know you do. Like, like if if 
you're ever going to consider it, I think KD's on that short list of players that you got to consider it for, right? Like, I wouldn't consider it for Donovan Mitchell. I wouldn't. It doesn't make sense to me. Right. But, like, Kevin Durant, you, you got to at least Kevin Durant, him. yeah. Durant. Anyway. Yeah, so let's get to the footage. There's some footage of James Harden playing pickup games, and you take it with a grain of salt, but there is one particular play that I want your opinion on because – you had an eye for this kid coming out of college last year. Scotty Barnes mm-hmm. was playing, I guess he was deed up on Harden, and yeah. Harden was doing his best, dribble, dribble, dribble. He kicked it back out to his guard, who gave it right back to him. Harden made his move, went left, got caught in the paint, and Scotty was not budging, and he pretty much shut him down. Probably means nothing, but what, what do you think of that play? I'll say this. Scotty Barnes reminds me of a young Kawhi Leonard. Mm. Look, that's a good comparison. Good comparison. I, I I think it is because look at look. Last season, you could argue Scotty Barnes was a top ten perimeter defender in the NBA. You could legitimately make that argument. He was a rookie. The shot is still not. We don't know what the shot's going to look like this year. But look, he was a he's like a consistent jumper away from being an all star. He was averaging, I think, like 15, 16 points, seven rebounds, three assists. The guy, the guy is going to be special. He, he's, he has the skill set. He just needs to refine it. And if nothing else, this guy's going to be. I, I, I'm going to make a bold prediction. I think he's going to make all defensive team next year. First, good. First. I don't know about that's first. A, no, no, I, no, no. I didn't say first. I didn't say okay. first. I just said all defensive team. Okay. I don't know if he's going to make first or second. It does not matter to me. But I think he's that good that he could be a top 10 defender in the NBA next year because he has a year of experience now. He, you know, his, IQ, his body's developing more. His IQ's growing. Like, he, he's going to be, like, I, I take that with a grain of salt. I'm not really worried about Harden. Harden made the moves. He didn't look like he was lethargic or he didn't have a fast step. It's just Scotty Barnes is that good, okay? Yeah. Yeah, I, so. I think if you look at that play, it's you know, Harden is he's just trying to, you know, keep that game flow going, trying not to, you know, let too many days or weeks go by without playing competitively, keep mm-hmm. the, the sword sharpened, as they say. But at the same time, Barnes is like he's young, he's athletic, he's gifted, a lot of promise. He's bigger. He is a lot, he's like six eight, right? Six yeah, eight. Six, eight. eight. So yeah. He he reminds me, like you said, Kawhi. And I remember when Kawhi was shutting down LeBron in, in a couple of finals games. Oh, yeah. That was fascinating to see. Yeah, finals Barnes, MVP for that, yeah. He actually, if I do a, a day, like a current day comparison of another younger player from the Kings, let me know if you agree with this, Scotty Barnes' comparison to Davion Mitchell. You think they kind of similar build, or what do you think? Well, Davion's five, six foot four. So yeah, I mean, but they're both like stocky, strong players. Good defenders uh, too. Right? I, I feel. I mean, Davion strong. I don't know if I would call him stocky. If if you want to make another comparison, mm. here's one for you: Iggy, young Iggy, Scotty Barnes. Yeah, young Iggy. Yeah, think about it. Playmaking mm. wing, great defensively. Doesn't can score, but not necessarily looking to score. Not a perfect jump yeah. shot. Yeah, I'll give you that. I think Iggy had a, a little bit more handle. And, and uh, Iggy was a bit more athlete. passing. And Iggy was a much better athlete. But there's similarities that you can pull from. Pretty much, 
most guys within that wing size that can de- defend and have good athleticism that's not very mm-hmm. you can make a comparison to to Scotty Barnes yeah. which is a good thing cuz most of those guys that's the type of player that you that you can build a franchise around because the you win titles today unless you're Steph Curry which really speaks to how good Steph Curry is but you win titles today most of the time with athletic wings slash forwards right the raptors got that in scotty bar the raptors are going to be a problem in the east for years to come because they just their core mm-hmm. is young and talented mm-hmm. and talented mm-hmm. yeah all-star potential all-star oh yeah potential. yeah you could you could argue that next season they could have four all-star level players on that roster if everybody stays healthy that means ananobi needs to stay healthy it's barnes Siakam, Siakam. Yeah. and uh, Fred, Van, Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Van Vliet and Siakam both have been all-stars already. Mm-hmm. Look, I, and the only thing I think that's stopping the the Raptors is having a defensive stall worth at center. Mm-hmm. Now, I was surprised they didn't go after Mo Bamba. That, that would have been a, a good marriage there, in my opinion. Long, athletic, can stretch the floor, can switch, really good, like... They need somebody that can slow down Joel and Giannis. They don't have that. The, the reason why they won that title that year is because they had Serge Ibaka and Marcus All. They and they, and, and a lucky bounce and a lucky bounce. Well, course. not just that. I think Golden State was banged up. So oh, oh uh, yeah. Okay, let's refer, let me rephrase that. The reason why the, the East. The reason why they won the East was because okay. of those two big men okay right yeah because you basically have pretty much a very similar team outside of that right mm-hmm. and by the way gary trend jr is like a borderline all-star level talent like, hey let's just put the whole the starting lineup in this hey hey you know what they kind of they kind of remind me of like no joke the no business. joking though like no i was actually going to say the hawks from 2015 oh. uh, hmm. yeah I except guess, I guess. see that For those that don't know, Doc Rivers is apparently making his media rounds. Uh, found out that he had a hip surgery done this offseason, which I think if you've seen, if you saw him walk on the sideline last season, it looked like he needed it. So good for him. So he's not golfing right now. He's doing media rounds. And he recently was on former NBA All Star Vince Carter's uh, podcast, uh, VC. So you're right. This is what Rivers said in the in the interview. That one common thing had nothing to do with why Ben wanted to leave. All right? Let me just say that. It was a lot of things, as Ben told me, and publicly now, that happened long before I got there. End quote. What do we think about this comment from Ben to Doc? So I think that Doc Rivers is in another coach speak let me just try and, you know, play nice after the fact. And these coaches, he's been long, he's been around long enough to know that he could very well, and I know it would it would be ironic and weird and strange that, you know, maybe one day he coaches Ben Simmons. Maybe one day they cross paths in, in some capacity, whether it's on the court or off the court. And Doc is smart enough to know that there are some bridges that are not worth burning. And because of the situation, how it went down, I do think that 
and, and you and I have a little bit of insider information about Ben Simmons uh, in the locker room and, and some of the, let's say, turmoil that was maybe building up and bubbling over for the previous two seasons. It just came to a head when that that collapse happened against Atlanta. So I do think that there was some stuff there that Ben resented about the organization or maybe some players on the team. Uh, but Doc is just trying to play nice and, and, and bury the hatchet, I guess you could say. Uh, but it was an interesting quote. What did you think? Well, I, th- I think that is certainly coach speak. But I, I think, there, like you said, there is a grain of truth to it because the, the franchise pretty much since Sam Hinkie left and Brian Colangelo took over was always fighting who's the franchise player, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Who was it? And I always think that that, you know, left a sour taste in both players' mouth on a certain level. Mm-hmm. And look, did Doc Rivers do the best he could with Ben Simmons his, his last year as a sixer? That's up for debate. I, I, you know, you could say, oh, well, he always, you know, public, you know, publicly defended Ben, but it was also Ben's worst statistical season offensively in his career. So well, it was weird. weird. I, I'm sorry to cut you up. It was yeah. weird that Doc in an interview said that it was Ben's best year of his career, which I was like, "What are you talking about?" Def- like, well, defensively, <laughs> yes, defensively. Okay, but defensively, but he didn't. He didn't yeah. clarify that. He just said yeah, no, he best didn't. year of his career. Yeah, no, I I think it's fair to say because career low in scoring, career low in field goal attempts, percentage, all that stuff, career low in, in assist as well. At but uh, however, at the end of the day. I, I think it's good that him and Ben did bury the hatchet a little bit. It looks like they're – I don't think they're, they'll be good, good, but I think they're on – I think they can be cordial with each other. Like, it's not awkward. And obviously, Doc is clearly saving face. He he changed his story about I, – I listened to the interview, that portion of the interview, and Doc said, oh, I didn't say I wanted Ben – I didn't believe in Ben – you know, that's not what I was trying to say. Look, we could go back to that interview. They asked you dead blank, can you win a championship with Ben Simmons? And you said, I don't know. Whether you meant to do it or not, that is exactly what you said, and you can't change what you said now. And, and you know, I was listening to the Ricky today when I, I was uh, I was washing my car, and uh, I was listening to Ricky, and you know that who they compared Doc to, and I think you'll find this interesting because he's okay. uh, Doug Collins in terms of how he uses his coach speak and how he was kind of you know against the uh, media sometimes, mm-hmm. how he wasn't always nice with the media, and a little bit of old school. I don't know how. What what do you think of that? Do you think that's a fair comparison? Mm, I would say no. I think yeah, that, I didn't think so I think either. Doug Collins is a different style. Uh, a player's coach, clearly Michael Jordan liked him so much that when he re-entered the basketball league uh, with the Washington Wizards, that he pretty much handpicked Doug Collins to come back and coach him. But I just think they're different, different guys, different, different coaches. No, I, I think so too. It's just I found the comparison interesting because you can pick apart some parallels, but I think overall it's not the right one. But yeah, no, I, I think overall Ben had issues before Doc went there. Doc got into a, a crappy situation with Ben. It, it's really it was really a no win. 
the only way I okay, honest time, I think the only way Ben Simmons would have ever wanted to stay in Philly is if they traded Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that just yeah. isn't going to happen. No. No. So, anyway, so there was another quote during this interview that Doc said about the Sixers' current young star. So he said this in your eye. I think this is this gets me and you both a little bit excited considering how long Doc Rivers has been a head coach. Mm-hmm. He's He said this about Maxie. He's the most impressive young player I've ever had in 21 years of coaching. So take that in for a second, Uri. What what are your thoughts about that? I have a list, Lucas, of players that Rivers has coached early. Young in his, players, yeah. Yeah, young players early in their career. Some of them you kind of forget that they were with previous teams. But mm-hmm. if if people are listening like, there's no way Doc is saying that he's the best player or the, the most promising player or whatever that he thinks mm-hmm. in, in superlatives about Tyrese Maxey, but – Here's some players that Doc has coached when they were really young. Corey Maggette, Ben Wallace, both Mm -hmm. of which I think they were rookies or I think Corey was a rookie in 99. I honestly forgot forgot Corey was on that Magic team. Yeah, because Corey Maggette, you associate him with the Clippers. With the Clippers, yeah. yeah. Ben Wallace, who everyone associates with Detroit, was a young up-and-coming player with Doc Rivers, and then he ended up going to Detroit. Tony Allen, your boy, Al Jefferson, Rajon Rondo, Avery Bradley, Blake Griffin, uh, Shai Gilders, Alexander, Ben Simmons, Matisse Thibel. Those are some young players, like three or four years in the league or younger, that Doc has coached. Now, if you compare them to who Tyrese Maxey is today, I'm not going to disagree with that because I just don't remember any of those players really standing out and taking the leap that Tyrese Maxey made between his first and second year. And we've all seen, I mean, it's just not ridiculous, but it's astounding how he just keeps staying in the gym. He keeps practicing. His regiment is unheard of. The the hours that he gets up, even in his time off in the summer, he doesn't even know what a vacation is like. He was I think uh, you stole that from me. I was going to say my that. Bad. Yeah, my bad. No, you're good. You didn't yeah. know. You didn't know. No, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you elaborate on that. But the last thing I'll say about Tyrese Maxey is this. 1% every day. If there is ever an athlete that a young person can look up to who seems to be on the right track and not only talks to talk but walks to walk, I'd say Tyrese Maxey is coming – he's becoming a fan favorite and rightfully so. I don't think he'll overtake and beat at this point, but Maxie is just a special kid. I agree with Doc. I, I can see that. I agree with him. Look, from talent-wise, is Ty- Tyrese Maxie the most talented young player he ever had? No. No. You you made you said the list. Obviously, there were more, more talented young players. However, you make a very good point. It's not always about the talent. It's about the person. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Tyrese Maxie had apparently never been on a vacation. And he was messaging, I believe it was Spencer, and asked him, what, what do I do on a vacation? And Spencer was just like, just lay around and relax. He's like, for how long? He's just like, the whole vacation. He's like, that's seven days. What am I supposed to do for seven days? And so that's just, that's, that's, that just shows you. And you know what it kind of reminds me of? There's very few players that have this type of mentality. I can only think of two players that I've seen as, you know, I can't, I've never watched Mm -hmm. Jordan play Mm -hmm. because I was too young, but 
two players that I can think of that had this type of grind mentality. Only two. You th- can you guess one of the two? Allen Iverson. Actually, no, I wasn't going to say AI. <laughs> I was not going to say. I know, I know, I know. We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. Not the hey. game. We talk about practice. No, no, no. I, I was going to say Kobe. You yeah, Kobe is one okay. of them. Yeah, Kobe and then Kevin Garnett. Those are the only two players that I can think of that have the same type of drive, mm-hmm. which is kudos to him. And so I'm just floored. And, you know, I you saw on Twitter, I asked, who should I get a jersey of? Because Tyrese Maxey is that guy. Like, I, I'm going to end up getting a Joel Embiid jersey for myself for Christmas as a little Christmas gift to myself. But, like, Tyrese Ma- – I'm going to get a Tyrese Maxey, sh- you know, T-shirt with, like, his name on the back and everything, too, just because he's he's that – like, he's ingrained himself. Like, we just talked about Ben Simmons, and, you know, I'm not going to crap on Ben Simmons too much here, but I am going to say this. Ben Simmons never ingrained himself to the fan base. No. Than Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey did it in a, in a half a season when he was barely <laughs> playing, more than Ben Simmons did it in four seasons. It's not that hard to figure out this fan base in Ben Simmons. He he's so aloof and disconnected. Did you hear about the story about him and having a party in L.A.? Did you hear about that? I didn't. I heard he got he broke off his engagement with Maya. The what's her face? That's so they were talking about this on the rookie, and I'm I. I was partially paying attention, so I might not convey it perfectly. But basically, this girl on TikTok got on there, was telling her followers a story about how she got invited to this party. Uh, they, they weren't allowed to have phones. Pretty sketchy right there. I wouldn't have gone, but, you know, people today, right? No, I uh, think that's standard for these Hollywood parties. That's standard. Hey, I think okay, Derek, but- G- Derek Jeter would collect phones at his, at his door. I, I, I don't out. I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyway, so they get to the, the but she was the only one invited to a party, but then her friends were with her, so they weren't initially allowed in. Ben let them in. Uh he was asking if they knew about him. And then <laughs> apparently according to her, he got butt hurt that they didn't know about him. And he was he was drinking and smoking and everything, and she was like you haven't played basketball in a year. Why are you doing this stuff? What? Like, I, don't, I didn't I don't hear know. that. I did, I, I did a... read on the side that I think Spike Eskin tweeted that she deleted the post. Which she did. Sketchy. She did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how true it is, but if there's, I mean, there's probably some level of truth to it. It just seems like Ben's more interested in living the Hollywood life than playing basketball. Hollywood Ben. Oh, we'll and, get to him know, later. Oh, we'll yeah, get we're, getting, later. We're, we're getting to him for sure. But <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to, uh, yeah, just say that. All right, Lucas, Bleacher Report loves to come up with these rankings. To no surprise, they came up with another one. But this one focuses on a list which ranks the most exciting young NBA prospects at every position. So what I'm going to do, and they only give the top two, point, uh, point guard through center. I'll go through them, and you tell me what you think, all right? So mm-hmm. for the two point guards, they have the first top prospect, LaMelo Ball, at number two, Darius Garland. Shooting guard, number one, you have Tyrese Maxey at number one, 
Jalen Green at number two. Small forward, Ooh. Anthony Edwards, number two. Keldon Johnson. Power forward, Zion Williamson, number two. Your guy, Scotty Barnes. And the top two centers uh, in this young, up-and-coming prospect category is Alperin Singun and James Wiseman. What are your thoughts? Okay. I, I know this is a Sixers, and I'll get to Tyrese Maxey in a minute here. But can we just talk about the disrespect for DeAndre Aiden here? Like, I guess the – you know, the the thing about all these players is I guess they're still, like, getting paid rookie salary, and I guess that's how they're doing it. But – and I guess DeAndre Jordan – not Jordan. God, no. DeAndre Aiden um, just got paid, so I guess he, he's out of the running. But, like, if these are the best two, you know, rookie st- scale big men, like, that's that's not good for the league. Like, Alperin Shingun's good, but he's not going to be Jokic. And James Wiseman is not on a team that's going to maximize his skill sets. But, okay, had to say that. You know I'm a center yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. being said, let's look at this shooting guard because that's the one that everybody wants to talk about. We'll talk about the other ones here in a minute, but let me talk about this. Jalen Green was the number two pick in the 2021 draft. The second pick. And Tyrese Maxey, correct me if I'm wrong, was in the 2021 20, 2020 draft as the 21st pick. That's 19-pick difference there, Uriah. Yet, Tyrese Maxey, according to Bleacher Report, is the most interesting shooting guard going into this season. You know, young shooting guard. Right. Are you sure about that, man? 21 minus 2 is 19. <laughs> I know. Like I'm not. I know. I'm not. I know. I know. I'm not (laughs) teaching. Good news is I'm not teaching math. But anyway, (laughs) I know. I was worried about the year that Maxi got drafted. I couldn't remember if it was twenty or twenty. No, it's twenty twenty twenty. And yeah, yeah, that's a big disparity. I agree with you. And look, uh, you know, Jalen Green could he be an All Star? Maybe. I'm kind of bullish. I know Chris is a little bit higher on him, but like, we miss you, Chris. Hopefully, you come back soon. but to put Maxi above him, even though Maxi's not, you know, could be the third, second or third leading scorer, and Jalen Green's going to be the guy in Houston, like that's kind of a big deal. That's that's a big deal. And like, if you don't put somebody at number one on this list unless you think, oh, they have all star talent, which I mean, we both think that's the case with Maxi. It's just, do we see an all star level Maxi this year? I don't know. What do you think? Look, the NBA is in great hands moving forward when LeBron James decides to retire along mm-hmm. with CP3 and some of the other guys that are long in the tooth. LaMelo Ball is, is going to be a star. Darius Garland is is no slouch. Maxie, you know, like everyone else in Philadelphia, I love Tyrese Maxie. I think mm-hmm. him being number one is, is, is pretty cool. Jalen Green, I haven't seen enough of him. I've seen some highlights of him dunking, but... Yeah, like you said, he was the number two pick, so you would expect him to be on the list. Anthony Edwards, look, when he was in that movie Hustle, that just solidified me. I'm a fan. I, I love Anthony he's, Edwards. He's a good actor, and he's a really good uh, actor. Look, not only can the guy get up, the guy can shoot pretty good. So Look, I, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Yeah, Anthony Edwards is going to average at least 23, if not 25 points a game this season. Imagine if Cat was traded. 
that would unleash Edwards like it, it would be like James Harden when he left OKC and had his own team. I think Anthony Edwards could be. Oh, this is Ant's team. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere that Cat said this. This is your team. He said that. I well, no, maybe not. Didn't that. say that. Hang on, I'll, I gotta I'll be surprised. Hang on. Let me Google this now. But you keep on going. Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah. Anthony, Anthony Edwards. I think. I look. I think this. If you put this team against like some top stars who are more veterans, this team might come out on top. Look, Zion Williamson is a beast. I think he's the only player in NBA history to average over twenty-five points a game in his first or second season or something and shoot sixty percent. Shaq didn't even do that. So Zion has a bright future. Scotty Barnes, I like. Sangoon and Wiseman, eh, eh. I can take him or leave him. But but yeah, I, I, I like Anthony Edwards. Did you find that quote? No, I think I, I think I misquoted there. I apologize. Please right. don't aggregate me, guys. I didn't mean it. I thought I I thought I heard it, but I guess not. Look at Maybe it was somebody else interviewing Pat. Aggregate. Aggregate. That's such a fancy word. Hey, listen, I need you. I, I listen to Bill Simmons too much. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Bill Simmons uses that word every episode. Hey, Keldon Johnson. This is from my NBA Top Shot collection, real quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keld- you think Keldon Johnson, now that DeJounte Murray left, you think this kid is going to blossom? Yes. Okay. I think I think he can be a 20 to 22 point per game scorer at his height. Okay. But I, I, I don't think he's the number one option. Let me make that clear. So who is, who's going to be the number one on that team? Oh, he's going to be. I'm just saying that's oh, not okay. his his ideal role his ideal role is a number two or number three but like he could average on a bad team he could average 22 points per game i could see that um i think in terms of like where he should be on the score like what his career average should be should be around 18 points per game i i think i think 18 point per game score that him averaging that would mean his team's probably winning because he's very option I mean, unless Josh Primo comes out of nowhere, or the guy that they drafted number ninth from Baylor comes out, um, I don't Baylor's know. Baylor's a good program. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't uh, be what's surprised. The, he was the kid that had his hair bleached. I don't know yeah. his name, but you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I don't know his name. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't play in summer league because of COVID. But um, no, he. Uh, I mean, yeah, Josh Primo. Could, but I think it's going to start out the season with him being the guy. And I mean, he look, he won a medal with. Team USA, like he's a legit two way scorer. You know, like I said, he averaged around 17, I think, last season, 16, 17 last season. So, yeah, his All right. numbers are going to go up a little bit. I'm more. sold. I'm going to, I'm going to get one of his top shot moments later tonight, mm-hmm. but let's move on past this topic. So, the list itself is, is an interesting list. The NBA is in good hands, but let's get back to Maxi. How surprised are you, Lucas, that Maxi? is the top shooting guard on the list. Number one prospect in their in their minds. How surprised are you? I, I'm very surprised. I, I truly am. First off, I thought Edwards was more of a shooting guard, but, you know, I won't argue too much about that. But more importantly, look, Jalen Green, like I said, Jalen Green is there. You could, Jordan Poole, you could make an argument for him. Like, I wouldn't hate that argument. I, I wouldn't agree with it, but I wouldn't hate it. Um, there's other prospects there. I can't I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, but they they're there. 
And but it just it feels great that Maxi's getting recognized. Like the guy's putting in the work, he's very likable, and I think he's getting acknowledged by some of the bigger media outlets, and that's great for him. Yeah, I, I look. There's a theory that was floated. I don't remember where I heard it, but I agree with it 100%. Unfortunately, and, and I'm not trying to diminish COVID because it, it shut the country down, the world down, and a lot of people passed away as a result. Mm-hmm. However, there were some people were able to kind of walk away from that experience, that, that era of life that we'll all remember. And even though things were canceled and people had to stay at home, Look, in the NBA, or NCAA in particular, Tyrese Maxey played for Kentucky, top team in the country. Because he did not get exposure in, let's say, a Final Four or just the NCAA tournament, his stock dropped. No one, None of these teams really had enough footage on him to assess what his potential was. So mm-hmm. for us, the Sixers, for him to get to 21, that we were like very fortunate for that to happen. And mm-hmm. a lot of teams, I don't know who they were before us, they're kicking themselves like, man, this kid Max, he's like, he could be a star. So I'm surprised, but I'm just grateful that we finally got the ball to bounce our way. You look at all the, the bus, like all the centers that didn't work out and Simmons and Fultz forgetting how to shoot. And then we luck out and get Maxi. I'm just happy that he's on our team. <laughs> so let me, let me ask you this. Who's the bigger steal in the draft, Tyrese Maxi or Drew Holiday? Wait a minute. Drew Holiday? He was the 16th pick. Oh, 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 that's right. So, oh, you're literally going back to when he was picked in the draft. Yeah, who was the bigger bigger steal in the draft? That's a good question, Lucas. I would have to say, (laughs) and I vividly remember when Drew Holiday was a rookie. Mm -hmm. He was given a lot of minutes by the end of his rookie season. I think Doug Which is surprising, yeah. Doug Collins was just like, let's roll him out there and see how he does, and then he eventually became an all-star. Well, wasn't his backup Royal Ivy, so was there much of a choice there? Well, Iguodala's on that team. I think Thad Young was, was on that team. They had some young, good players, but I can't remember why Drew Holiday was thrown in the mix so fast, but all I know is... It's too early to decide because Holiday has been in the league much longer, and Maxie's only going into his third year. So ask me that mm-hmm. next year. All right. So we just got some random Sixers thoughts before we wrap up the podcast here, Uriah. So do you hear church bells? I do. I do. There's a certain Sixer that got married, right? Yeah, and he married his best friend. But before you guys ask... No, it wasn't Toby and Boban. It was Toby and his now wife. Very happy for them. Yeah, Toby! The reason why I make that joke, of course, is because uh, earlier uh, on the wedding day, Toby posted on social media, I get to marry my best friend, and some people took that as he's marrying (laughs) Boban Marjanovic, which... I'm sure certain people would be okay. Like, I'm sure certain people would ship that. Um... Tobias had to get on social media and a, a little bit later to clarify he was not marrying Boban. I'm sure Boban was at the wedding, though. It just would, wouldn't feel right if he wasn't. I, I would be interested to know which other Sixers were invited to the wedding. I would assume most of the team, if not all the team, but who knows. So, Uriah, now that he's a married man, 
you think Tobias is going to change his game? Do you think it'll be better, worse? What are your thoughts? Well, before I, I comment on that, it's so funny. Like, whoever his PR person is, they Tobias is going to have a career long after basketball because he's, oh, yeah. he's all over TV. People Magazine. All right, people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's big time. People, yeah. I'm looking at their Twitter site. Already they have photographs of Tobias and his lovely bride walking down the aisle, holding hands. The 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 bridal party looks great. And uh, she's not famous, right? She's just a no, no. she's just an average Joe. I mean, or Joanne, I guess if you want to put it that way. Yeah. So that's that's cool though. Yeah. Very- yeah. So here's the headline, Lucas. NBA star Tobias Harris weds Jasmine Winton at a New York castle. And he quoted she just opened my eyes up. So he's clearly in love. He's been busy planning this wedding and, and making his I think rounds. he proposed to her last se- last offseason, if I remember correctly. I do believe so. I think you're accurate with that. But the bottom line is, like, these pictures, like, you guys got to see it on Twitter. Like, he's tucked up, and she looks gorgeous. His wedding party looks cool. I mean, they're at this castle, and, and there's a courtyard picture where they're they're in. And it really resembles Versailles, which is in France. If you ever get a chance to go, it's beautiful. But as far as how this is going to impact his play, look, we've seen Carson Wentz get married, and we saw what happened after that. I think he plays for some Washington team now. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> okay, okay. You really want to get into a football fight on this? No, one? I don't. So let me. Okay. All right, I'm okay. going from football. Let me go to baseball. So, but then you have Bryce Harper, who got married. I think. He had a kid when he got to the Phillies, and he's balled out. He won MVP last year. As far as Tobias, he's 30, 31. He's always been kind of a mature guy. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how this is going to go. I think if, if he, you know, if, if she gets pregnant very soon, that might have an, hopefully an impact the way it had on Joel. But, yeah, marriage kind of it slows down, you know, a lot of these NBA guys and – and I, you know, look, I just wish him the best. Tobias is a really good guy, and and I love the fact that uh, he's so in love, and and that him and his bride are going to celebrate before the season starts. Look, Tobias, the we from the Sixth Sense, congratulations. We hope nothing but uh, laughter, enjoyment, all that stuff in your marriage. Just you know. Like you said, you know, if if Miss Harris now, Mrs. Harris, sorry, Mrs. Harris, uh, you know, gets pregnant during the season, for you know, maybe you know, and gives birth during the playoff run, that is the type of push that uh, players seem to jolt off of. Like uh, Derek White's uh, from this class, yeah, yeah, he had a baby. Yeah. yeah, and then he started just tearing it up in the playoffs, got the help get the Celtics to the NBA Finals. Fell short, but still Giannis had a baby that season too. Uh, may, uh, you know, and uh, you know, we're not pushing that obviously. Not pushing that. You know, do uh, as somebody that has a kid, take t- take your time on it, Tobias. Take your time. But that being said, I, I think it will help him get more focused in and you know, may, you know, we saw Tobias accept the role as like that ultimate role player last year, and I think that hopefully this marriage will help him embrace it even more. Look, if Tobias is averaging 16 points per game and shooting nearly uh, or shooting 60, 40, 90 like he nearly did, I think two seasons ago, like the guy's going to be like 
you could argue, and if the Sixers are in first place, he could get an all-star nod. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's good. But let's let's switch back to Tyrese Maxey now. And, Uriah, I know you've seen the clips here. Tyrese Maxey has no chill when it comes to having a basketball camp and being nice to kids. <laughs> he has absolutely no chill. You guys need to go on Twitter, go on the Sixers Twitter page. Look, Tyrese Maxey will cross over kids. He will block their shot. He will back them down in the post. He does not care. But in all seriousness, what do you think about him taking time out of, you know, we know how much he loves to train, but how do you feel about him taking time out of those that training session to go help the kids out after Max- he schools them? Maxey loves the kids. Oh, and- God. What is that from? What is that from? I really don't remember <laughs> I just know that that's like a that's a quote. Thing. It is a quote. Oh, somebody gosh. loved the kids. I, I forget. Well, oh, we'll check back next week with it. Yeah. But listen, Tyrese Maxey is a kid himself. Oh, Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith said that. No, that's been Stephen being a. said long before. Dude, Stephen well, a. I'm just saying. Well, I'm just saying that's, that's how you heard it right. Mind. Okay. Yeah. All right. So look, Tyrese Maxey is a kid himself. His smile is infectious. He really is. His energy is nonstop. And for those kids to be out there, because re- remember, it's all about perspective, right? If you're a little kid, I don't care if the kid is like seven or 13, they look at the screen on, the, on, on their TV and they see seven foot two or seven one Joel Embiid. They see six eight, six nine Tobias Harris. And those guys are huge. Now, Maxi is six two, six three. He's still tall, but compared to those other guys, little kids see him and they say, oh, he's a little guy. I want to play like him. He dribbles between his legs. He shoots three-pointers, and he does acrobatic layups. These kids look up to him. There's one photograph, and I'm sure you've seen it, where he goes up and he dunks, and these kids are under the basket, like 15 of them, and their just jaws are dropping. They're oohing, they're eyeing, their eyes are like wide as, as saucers, right? And that's the effect of Tyrese Maxey. He's a good role model. He's dedicated to his craft. And like Doc Rivers said, we were talking about earlier, he is he is a remarkable uh, player, teammate, and really dedicates himself and has a great work ethic. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's fun that, you know, like I, I would certainly um, mess with the kids, too, on some level. Like I'm going to try to get into coaching this year a little bit, maybe not full time, but part time. And hey. Coach Jay, and you know that I, I, you know, you got you got to have fun with the kids. You can't just be a hard coach all the time. This is not football, okay? So, you know, I think I think that's good though. I think that's good, and it helps them. You know, you know, you're not. You need to make sure you have give yourself space from just training all the time too. Like we're all about the grind and everything, but sometimes give yourself, let yourself have a little bit of fun. And he was clearly having fun. And unlike Jalen Green, he did not fall for a pump fake. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I think he meant to do that. What did, are what you sure? You are you, I don't. Well, maybe. I mean, I it think, looked fake to me. Look, he could probably could have recovered and still blocked it, but I think after he got he got caught, I think he just accepted it. The reaction I, of those kids when he when the kid pump faked and then made mm-hmm. the shot was it was yeah. golden. <laughs> those kids were so excited. Yeah. So okay, 
we have to talk about him again. It's Ben Simmons. And we apparently more, it's more disturbing news. And it's not even about when he was with us. It's about apparently the playoff run that he had with the Brooklyn Nets last year. For those that don't know, Ben Simmons was hoping to return in game three or four for the Nets in the first round matchup against the Boston Celtics. He, uh, it was reported that he had back issues, uh, setback with his back, so he ultimately did not play. However, it was recently revealed by, uh, I believe it was, who Rick was Buecher? it? Rick Buecher? Rick Buecher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rick Buecher. I'm actually going to play it, Lucas. It, I You're going to play it? Okay. It, yeah, yeah, I think it's juicy, man. Everybody, okay, listen yeah. to this. This is uh, someone who has, like, inside track on what's going on in Brooklyn. Check this out. Ben Simmons they're having a team chat before game four thinking he's going to play against the boston celtics and from what i'm told ben just left the chat they asked him are you going to play ben left the chat like he didn't even answer the question just left the chat and katie's like this is what i signed up like this is this is who i'm playing with (laughs) go ahead lucas (laughs) <laughs> there, there's a lot to take away from there. Look, it, you know who this kind of reminds me of a little bit. Who's that? This kind of reminds me of like a Royce White or a uh, Michael Beasley type of thing, where you're just checked out. Hmm. Like you, it, it's clear that basketball is not a priority for Ben anymore. It's not. And this kind of just helps prove that a little bit more. And and the lack of maturity on Ben's part for not if you, you know you're not gonna play, just say it. Just say, hey, I'm having a I had a you know a flare up with my back, I can't play. Like if they're cool with you, then they know, then they'll be cool. I mean, obviously the Nets locker room last year was toxic. I'm actually kind of surprised Steve Nash still has a job. But at the end of the day, look. It's it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be rough in Brooklyn this year. They're gonna win games if if Kevin Durant and Kyrie do play, but it's they they might be the biggest soap opera in the NBA until a trade happens. Even after a trade, unless it's Ben's team, we could continue seeing issues with the Nets. I think they need a stronger voice in the locker room. I think. Sean Marks, as many great moves as he's made, I think he's lost some credibility there. I, I think the Nets need a whole entire culture reset. Mm-hmm. But I and uh, you know, that means Ben needs to go somewhere else. I don't know where you send Ben to. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna get a good value for him, especially if he's not playing. But look, the Sixers the good news is, is that for the Sixers, you know, we'll see if Ben's back is truly ready because, you know, the Sixers play them in the first preseason game of the Sixers schedule and uh, in Brooklyn. And I certainly would love to see a hack of Ben happen, but look, this, <laughs> this, this does not make Ben look any better. This, this pretty much look, if Ben does not, if, if Ben sits out for a long period of time and there's questions about why he's sitting out, this could ruin Ben's career. Like he might not be able to get a job in the NBA. Look, it's not surprising to me. This guy has the maturity of a toddler. And look, a lot of people who who saw that and listened to that, they're like, "Well, who are his sources?" Look, Rick Buecher. He's on Twitter. He has. He's an analyst. He's a co-host. He has a podcast. He's a writer. 
and he has almost uh, three quarters of a million followers. So that being said, I'm sure he would not go on Colin Coward's show, which is gets crazy ratings and would just make this stuff up. I don't think he would do that. And, you know, Ben is who he has shown he, us to be since I guess he was a rookie. No, since he was since he was in college, like, oh. I don't need to play amateur basketball because I'm just that good. And then he gets here and is afraid to shoot. At the end of the day, like you were saying, this could, if this continues to leak like this and it's connected to someone like Kevin Durant who doesn't want to play for Brooklyn and we assume it's about Kyrie, but maybe it's really about Ben. Yeah, anybody ever think of that? Like why would anybody want to, to, to put their you know heart, sweat, and tears blood, sweat, and tears in a playoff series against Boston to avoid getting swept and the guy leaves the chat, doesn't even respond? That, that's, that's unbelievably immature, and, and it's, it's not surprising to me. Yeah, I think, you know, Jonathan, I think it was, was it Jonathan Geib that posted the art, that wrote the article about Ben? I think it was Jonathan Geib mm-hmm. of, for our website. He wrote an article this summer, and it got, like, almost a hundred thousand views like it was very hot it was very popular ben it was about should ben retire now Hmm. or will ben retire soon honestly like like you said like we've said uh, both of us said i think we're if if he doesn't turn himself around and have a mindset change it he could be out of the league and he might be forced to retire like Talent's there, but like this type of drama stuff cannot just continue. And like Kyrie's in the like, okay, Ben Simmons. It, so here, here's a bold statement. I think Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons are the two most toxic players in the NBA right now. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they're on the same team. <laughs> like, I don't blame Durant for leaving. Like, maybe this is part of the reason why Durant wanted out. Who knows? Mm. And maybe this is why Kyrie's trying to get to Brook uh, to uh, L.A. Who knows? Like this is bad. I'm sure probably stuff similar to this probably happened in the Sixers, but we never let it get out like this. But he's in New York now, bigger media. Who knows? It's just it's a bad look. Bad look. I sure. think there's a there's a unwritten code in the NBA, and it has to do with not not necessarily popularity, but these athletes who grow up playing basketball, AAU, travel, mm-hmm. they're scouted heavily from the time they're probably 13, 14. They go to the best colleges, and, and some of them and most of them actually leave college earlier to start an NBA career. And it's, it's not necessarily always to just get out there and make money. These guys want to compete with the best. Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant. Chris Paul, all these guys are ballers. They probably sleep with the basketball somewhere near their bed. I wouldn't be surprised. But Ben Simmons, who knows what this guy sleeps with, like, you know, when he goes to bed. But it's it's not a basketball. He he's not all like you said earlier, he's he's a ball he's all about that Hollywood life. Look, Ben needs to I you know what? I believe that he had mental illness issues. I truly believe that. I think be it's careful, a- man. Be careful when you say mental illness, man. Okay. Because well, anxiety. Look, performance anxiety is not a mental illness. 
Mental illness is something that like you're like it's like you're born with. Like if you have schizophrenia, is, is, like is, is anxiety a form? Is, what would you consider anxiety? Then? Anxiety. Listen, if you watch summer league when Ben played, that guy was shooting threes no problem. Something happened between summer league and his rookie season where he was just shook. The bright lights came on. He couldn't take it. That's not a that's not a mental health thing, in my opinion. I think he just got performance anxiety. And a lot of people get that. Baseball, football, whatever. It's Look, how you go about resolving it is what separates him from real pro athletes. Okay. Well, let me rephrase that then. I think that Ben Simmons did have mental health issues, whether it's a performance anxiety or something else. It's mm-hmm. affecting other parts. It's 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 beyond anything that happened in Philly because clearly we, we saw it with this example right here. All right, so this was the Sixer Sense podcast for Lucas and Uriah. We appreciate everyone tuning in. If you have not done so, subscribe. Go ahead and check us out on iTunes, Audible, Google Play. You know where to find us. We'll catch you next time. Hopefully, Chris will be back soon. But until then, you guys take care out there. Powered by Riverside. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.